gentlemen once again to another episode of the shite sports talk show i am your host matthew shipe joined always by my uncle paulie my producer how you doing paul i'm doing well man how are you good any drinks tonight no nah, just some tea <laughs> and some orange juice and arnold palmer with some oj we're gonna have a little bit more mishaps tonight probably yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I also so. joined always by the man who claims to be the top five golfer in the world brad cameron oh wait i'm thinking <laughs> of uh reed i'm sorry Sorry, yeah, yes, that's your that's your inner Patrick Reed that's coming out of you. Shipe, hey, thank you for having me on the show again, man. No problem. But you are the best golfer on the show, so that's you got that for you. No, right well, and left handed. <laughs> and then all then always joins by the Spanish Wolverine himself, Guillermo Raldo. Guillermo, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, thank you for that, Shipe. No problem. You and your little Spurs hat. <laughs> all right, we got a good show lined up today. First off, we're going to talk some local team news. You know, you got your Nationals, Wizards, Capital, Redskins. All of them have some big news going on right now. We're going to get some current sports news nationally. There's some, you know, a couple big things going on right now. We're going to talk some more NCAA tournament, you know, who improved their stock since the last time we talked about. You know, we had a team right on the bubble of a number one seed lose this week. And I guess what you could call an upset over a local team. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we're getting some NFL combines, you know, who improved their draft stock, who didn't. So let's get right to the show. Let's go ahead and talk some local teams and the big team of the week. The University of Maryland Terrapins with the upset win over number five Wisconsin Badgers. It was a great win for Maryland. And good Lord, did Wells play his ass off. I mean, he took control of that game in the last 10 minutes. I mean, Wisconsin brought it back, tied it up. Wells and Trimble just took over that game for Maryland. Brought Maryland, took them uh, ahead of six points, and Maryland never looked bad again. It was a great game. Um... I don't know what more to say about it. I mean, Wells played like a lottery pick. Uh, first, let's go, Brad, with you. I mean, you were talking about the game back and forth while we were watching it. So what were your thoughts on the game? Well, let's start with the, the team effort. You know, we can get to Des Wells uh, a little bit later, but we'll start with the team effort. And it was it was a great job by Maryland. You know, they they strategized. They, it looked like they slowed the game down, which normally plays to Wisconsin's uh, favor because they're so efficient uh, offensively. But... We were able to limit how many shots they were able to take and uh, and made sure to force them into longer longer shots and put our big guy, our young freshman, seven foot one uh, guy on there, all American. So we were able to slow down the game, you know, limit their offensive possessions and force them into some misses. It was good. Guillermo, I'm sure you caught the game a little bit. What did you think about it? I actually didn't catch the game much. Get out the door. Only because I blame DirecTV. They're uh, – I was having some cable issues, but I did watch it on uh on the real time game time uh app. And yeah, I was actually how Brad brought it up on on the, on the past uh shows. Teams can't win on the road. And yeah, it was another one for Wisconsin and Maryland. Another congrats to you guys taking out my one of my four number one <laughs> seeds in the on the tourney. So thank you for that. But uh, yeah, they played. They played their butts off on uh, beating a, a top five team, and always coming down to every year having a big game during the end of the season, going into a tournament. Yeah, I mean it was a real big game for Maryland, and Maryland, I believe, what was it by? They won by what sits? I believe is what it was. Yeah, I think it was fifty three fifty nine. The stats show 
Maryland's 9-0 and this year with games decided by six points or less. So, I mean, they are grinding out these wins. I mean, if it comes down to five points or less, Maryland, it's coming on top 100% of the time. I mean, 9-0. Uh, I know while I was watching the game, that guy from Decker, uh, the, the guy Decker from Wisconsin, boy, can that guy put up a three? And he was <sighs> dropping those threes in the second half. I'm sitting there yelling, put a body on him. I thought he was going to tear up Maryland by himself, but they finally were able to slow him down. And they, like I said, they just grind it out. Now, speaking of Maryland winning, as soon as they won, a big issue that's been coming up recently has been college students to fans rushing the court after the game. Me, personally, I have no problem, but the only problem I have is when they put the safety of the players involved. Of course, Maryland Terrapins, they're going to interact. But the visitors, like the Badgers, uh, you had the Kansas issue yeah. where they were actually pushed into the broadcast table. I don't have an issue with it, but they got to, I mean, try to hold off the fans. I mean, it's really hard to hold off, you know, 20,000 fans wanting to rush on the court, but you got to get some safety out there because sooner or later, someone's going to get hurt and that's going to be the end of it. And then teams may start looking at suspensions, fines, if they get, you know, another team player hurt. Um, Brad, what are your thoughts first on rushing the court? Ooh, this is a toughie. Uh, this is a, a very, very interesting subject that that comes up every year because every year there's upsets and every year you have court stormings uh and you know you you wonder first of all about player safety and officials and coaches you know you don't want anyone to get hurt but you gotta also consider the fans who are running out there you know this is a college environment i'm sure there's alcohol involved you know there's there's tramplings that could take take place if if people fall and you know everyone's just bum rushing the court but on the other hand it's exciting you know, you, you look at a team with a, with a big win and and the fans, you know, they, they love their team and they want to embrace this with their team. So it, it's tough because, you know, some aspects of it are, are are very just, you know, emotional and you're having fun. Then there's other aspect, aspects of it which bring in the danger of people getting hurt. You know, you got to look out for player safety, but also uh, fan safety as well. So it's a it's a tricky little subject that, uh, you know, I, I think can be approached in a way where, you know, it's like, okay, you want to rush the court. That's fine. You know, give the other, uh, the, the opposing team some time to clear out, you know, shake hands, let the sportsmanship thing happen. And then you can go ahead and storm the court and, and share this victory with your players and, and the players share it with their fans. So I, I think there can be a, a reasonable way that this can be uh, uh, something that's acceptable for college basketball. Uh, we got a guy in the chat, you know, saying Maryland's been in the top 25 almost all season. I mean, yeah, all season, but lately Maryland's basketball team has not been that good. They've recently started to get their program back where it should, you know, where it should and could have been a couple of years ago. I mean, they just finally started recruiting. He's getting his own players in that he wants. And I think moving to the Big Ten actually helped this year only because the ACC is so loaded with talent that... You know, when Maryland loses Big Ten, it wasn't as big as the ACC, I think, in terms of basketball. Football, yes, but not basketball. So that was a major difference in Maryland, I think, actually doing better this year than last year. Uh, Guillermo, what do you think about rushing the court? Uh, I'm all for it, but once, yeah, once somebody gets hurt, yes, there's going to be a big problem. Uh, I don't know why they would rush the court immediately. There's been a couple of games where they've rushed the court with a couple of seconds left in the game. I mean, take 30 seconds out of... And uh, a celebration, and let the other the visiting team, or yeah, the visiting team walk out and do what they got to do to to get to safety. Otherwise, then you're gonna have problems, and it's gonna go into the university's problems, and then next thing you know, they're not gonna have like fans near the court or a court at all. 
yeah, I'm I'm all for it, but the injuries is the one the key factor in every single uh, rushing. What's I mean, how do they stop it? I mean, do they do they threaten like? The- well, there's cops on site there at University of Maryland. Uh, UMB PD, and I mean, when you have thousands of fans rushing at you, you really think one cop is going to be able to stop all of them? Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, it's not going to happen. I mean, there's nothing you can do. I mean, the only thing you can do is get out the way because if cop steps up, then you're going to get trampled as well. I mean, there's really nothing you can do about it. Once those fans have in their mindset they're going, mm. there's nothing you can do until they settle down because one of the main reasons why Maryland moved to the Big Ten was they can sell alcohol in their stadiums now. And before it was just, you know, tailgating, no alcohol in the stadium. Now they sell it in the stadium. So uh. that even affects them even more. So not only are they tailgating, but then they're drinking in the stadium. I mean, you're making red- revenue, but you're making an even more dangerous environment because Maryland fans are already rowdy as it is. Right, right. You know, I didn't Shiva, know that. I, I'm going to have to disagree with you. There is a way you can stop them. Tell me. Expulsion. Oh. That you're going to spell t- 2,000, 5,000 student body whoever you can catch if if they want to put their college education at risk expulsion you know you can make it so that there's penalties for running on the court say okay you're banned for the rest of the season you can't come to another game for the rest of the season i mean there are ways to handle this but but i think it can be it can be a process that can 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 still take place in college basketball games just as long as they do it in the appropriate way. You know, if you're running on like that one kid at that Kansas game who ran in there and jumped into the other player, like that kid maybe should not be allowed to come back for one game, suspended for a game, suspended for a couple games, because you can't do that. Like if you want to enjoy your victory with your team, that's fine. You go ahead, you do that. But the second you bring the other team into it in that sense, that's dangerous. Cause first of all, you got to look at retaliation. If that kid, that basketball player for Kansas had retaliated, he'd be in trouble and unfairly because he, you know, he did nothing. He just played in a basketball game and some guy, some fan comes out of the stands and runs into him and bumps him. You know, you, you got to look out for retaliation as well. So, you know, I, I think you can deal with them in a sense of that expulsion or suspension from, from being able to attend games. Uh, and, and, and that can be a way to handle it. Uh, real quick. Uh, we're going to jump ship here. Uh, local, Breaking news, the Washington Redskins just signed their first free agent of the year. They signed defensive lineman Ricky Jean Francis. I'm sorry, I probably oh, pronounced From the Colts. From yep. the Colts. They just signed to a three-year deal worth $9 million with $4 million guaranteed. Total value be $11.25 million. So first signing for the Redskins on the defensive line. Okay, I also read a report earlier, Shipe, that the Skins are in uh, talking with Arakpo's agent. Yeah, they had also. conversation at the um, Combine. Yeah, really. I, I don't want that to go through. No offense, Arakpo, but uh, you just can't stay healthy. I, I, I would. I don't want us to resign him. So now the Redskins' <laughs> new GM, who they just brought in, he actually drafted Ricky in the seventh round when he was with San Francisco. So some history there with them. Okay. So mm-hmm. there we go. He brings in one of his old players that he actually scouted, and sure. this guy's great at scouting players. I and mean, we've already looked at his yes. resume. So maybe he knows something that we don't about this kid. Maybe he sees the potential. So. First pick like, signing for the Redskins. So. How old is this guy? How, how long has he been in the uh, in the? He got drafted for? in two thousand nine. Okay, so give All or right, take. So he's got some twenty eight years old. He's got some mm-hmm. experience under his belt. Then mm-hmm. he had twenty eight tackles last year, and he had three sacks. All right. The, the last Colt that we acquired worked out pretty well for us. So was that Pierre Dorson? <laughs> That's Pierre Dorson. That's right. <laughs> All right, we're gonna jump ship here. We're gonna stay on some more local news and talk about the Wizards, who have just been 
in a downward spiral. I mean, losers of the 10 of their last 12. They've gone from beginning of the season, they were a two seed all the way down to the fifth seed. I mean, it's just a downward spiral. Bradley Beal's out of the lineup. That's killing them. They don't have a three-point shooter who's someone who can come in to where if they're down, you know, maybe by eight or nine or seven, someone could come in who can put up two threes, spark that lineup. Pierce isn't what he used to be. Nope. The Nay's not playing up to his potential. Gortat's not playing to his contract. I mean, it's just people behind Wall, Beal just are not stepping up. Porter's not who they thought was going to be. I mean, Porter, yeah, he did good in the summer league, but who plays in the summer league? Rookies, sophomores, people like that. So, of course, you're going to do good against people of that caliber. I mean, Glenn Rice was the MVP. Is he any, is he on his team anymore? No. I mean, Webster's coming off from injuries, not playing. I mean, I really don't know what to say about this Wizards team up to the fact that a few months ago, people were talking about this team reaching the finals of the Eastern Conference, and that's now they're looking at being a one-and-done team. I mean, that potentially we could face Cleveland, Toronto in the first round, and we haven't matched up good against them at all this year. So, um, Brad, what are your opinions on the Wizards in this downward spiral? Well, obviously, I'm upset. The fact that they've been slumping, uh, it's not very appetizing to say the least, but you know, it's hopefully it, it, that is all it is. Hopefully it's just a little slump, you know, and hopefully we can, we can rebound and go on a nice little run. Maybe when, you know, eight of our next 10, uh, you know, we, we really do need Beal to come back because he does add a little bit of a spark for us. The chemistry that that wall and Beal have works, uh, you know, so we, we really desperately need Beal to get healthy. And it seems like, you know, we're just, we're lacking that spark, uh, you know, Without without Beal, I think it, it limits Wall as well. Uh, so so we really need him to get healthy. I, I think we'll be okay. Uh, yeah, I just I think we're going through just a little slump, and it, it is frustrating. And you hope it doesn't continue. You know, we'll just have to stay tuned on uh, you know on, on the next couple of weeks to see really if they're going to turn this around, or or if this is possibly who they're going to be for the rest of the year. I sure hope not, but uh, you know, hopefully they can find something. Guillermo, uh, I actually agree with with you, Brad. Uh, Bill is a big key factor that they're missing due to injury. Uh, Nene is slumping. Gortat is actually getting back into the thick of things, but it's still not good enough. They need somebody to help him with uh, John Wall. Um, yeah, Sessions, who is not producing at all since the trade. Um, yeah, they dropped the fifth. Yeah, just eight of the ten teams that they actually played were above 500. So they're not losing to scrub teams. They're actually losing to teams that are in playoff races. Last night was a scrub team. Yeah, it's a the bad Timberwolves loss sucked. to the Wolves. They sucked. I mean, we got blown yeah. out by 20. That was bad. Well, remember, you also got to remember that Timberwolves were like on a high note because... The Timberwolves are also the, their, the third worst God, team in the NBA. Their, their man, KG, came back and he wasn't... He had ha- five points. What did he do? He didn't make a difference. He, it's not about scoring, but uh, it's also a I, presence I, to I that. don't care like, about presence. Reading into the articles, he smacked somebody's phone off out of their hand, threw it away. He's, he's not playing around. He wants his team to shape up and get better. Shape. I, I agree, Guillermo. I mean, you look at when the Wizards were struggling a little bit and Pierce was like, hey, yo, shape up, everyone. We're going to start playing defense. Like, yeah. There, there is a veteran presence that comes into it. Now, granted, the Wizards are playing bad. Uh, I'm not saying that's the only reason why that the Wolves won is that Kevin Garnett hyped everyone up enough to to present this massive effort. I mean, we scored, what, 80 points? I mean, 77. You know, 77. 77. So there you go. I guess the team with, who had 12 wins now have 13. So, you know, it's, it's inexcusable. It is easy. You're against a so, team who has 20 less wins than you, and you lose that badly. It's there's no excuse for it. I mean, KG veteran presence or not, that's inexcusable. 
All right, that that is true. 77 points isn't going to win you a dang thing in the NBA, but I do think going going on for the rest of this season, look for Minnesota to be able to find more ways to win basketball games through Kevin Garnett's leadership. Whether or not he is is leading on the court with production or if he just is able to coach them uh, through their careers a little bit and through the rest of the season, do look for the Wolves to start playing a little bit better. But here's the thing. They they average 105 points against per game. People are averaging 105 points and we only put up 77. I mean, this, I know, uh, you know, just well, hopefully next week when we talked about them, Wizards are on a winning streak. Well, hopefully they can get it. The winning streak started tomorrow. They play Philly 12 win team. Yeah, they play Philly and they play Detroit. So they, those should be wins. Those, yeah, should be. What happened to yeah. them? I mean, did you guys in, just talk in, about it? Inj- injuries and just, I mean, Beal's out. Injuries are the number two. It's a combination of injuries and slumping. It's it, it just a combination okay. of not good right now. Yeah, and this know. is the first time they actually had like a big losing streak. Because right, they were doing very well. They would yeah. usually lose like two games and then follow it with a, a three or four game winning streak and then go on from there. Right. But nothing yes. more than like a, a three game losing streak or four game yeah, losing well, streak. Five game skid now, so. Oh, okay. Um, the stick on, we'll go ahead and switch to current, you know, like national news. Stick in the NBA. Two big NBA stars could be possibly done for the year. We had Chris Bosch, who had, you know, blood clot blood in his clots. lungs, and that's something not to play around with. You know, best wishes to him. You know, he's great guy. I hope he comes back stronger than ever. It's just, you know, it's an unfortunate incident that it happened. And then God bless Derek Rose. I mean, this guy, his needs just, he can't catch a break. I mean, he comes back healthy, he gets hurt. He comes back healthy again, he gets hurt. I mean, this guy has all that athletic talent in the world, but just he can't catch a break. And when he goes, the Bulls will slowly start, you know, downward spiral down the hill. They'll be, they may do like a downward trend like the Wizards. So, I mean, the Chicago will still be a playoff team, but they just won't have that spark anymore. I mean, you can't rely on Noah to and Casal to, take you throughout the whole playoffs. So Brad, what are your thoughts first on those two big player losses to those oh, teams? This, this is going to take me a minute. First of all, uh, yes, Chris Bosch. I, I hope, you know, I hope he's okay. I hope he recovers. I hope everything goes well uh, with him. But, you know, my focus is a little bit more directed at a team that, that, that really could make an impact in the playoffs. No offense to Miami. I know they just picked up uh Drogic and that, that, that helps them significantly, but realistically, you know, how far were they going to go? Chicago had a good chance this year. You know, if, the, if this was going to be the year for D Rose and Noah, like this pretty much was going to be their year. So, I mean, what more can you say about Derek Rose? He's a competitor. He's athletic. He's electric. And, and this is just so, this is so saddening. You know, he, he, he's worked so hard and, you know, his athleticism is almost his curse uh, is almost the way you can look at it where, you know, he's never not going to be playing at 110 percent. And, you know, he's going to continually be putting a lot of stress on his body. He plays very hard. Uh, so it's kind of a, a blessing and a curse at the same time, his athleticism. But uh, shout out to my, my buddy Island, who's from Chicago. I, I know his heart jumped out of his chest as soon as uh, he found out this news about Derrick Rose. He's a huge Bulls fan, and, and he loves Rose. He's followed his career as well. And uh, it's just that, that this is heartbreaking because I, I, I want the best for the kid, and, and I, I was hoping this would be it where he comes back and he's you know, finally confident in his body again and able to get back to his game. But you know, I, I'm, I'm worried mentally for him that this could be another step back where he's like, you know, maybe I can't do everything that, that, that 
I thought I can't do and I maybe I'm I can't be the impact player that I used to be. So, you know, we, we saw him take a long break after his first knee injury. You know, where other players were coming back. You look at Russell Westbrook. Westbrook, he came back and and he's still firing on all cylinders. But uh, you know, D Rose went through a little bit of a mental struggle in terms of, you know, making sure his body is healthy, didn't want to rush coming back too early. And I just I wonder how crippling this is gonna be for that kid. I hate it. I do. I hate it. Guillermo. Yeah, I I, I just I couldn't believe it when they first reported that when he tore his meniscus and he required surgery, don't know how long he's gonna be out for. He took a long break after the surgery last time, saying, I'm not gonna rush it, I'm gonna get back, I'm gonna get better, you're gonna see me MVP caliber again. And yeah, next thing you know, it happens again. I just wanna say get better, man. Hope you hope you like be on the court as soon as possible. Not a, not that fast though, but yeah, he, he kind of reminds me of Brandon Roy, who was another MVP type caliber uh, player, but had knee issues like crazy. He had three surgeries within like three years. He had to leave, came back, gave it a try again, and he was the number one on that team as well, just like just like Rose. Uh, it's gonna be tough, but I, I see the Bulls still sticking it out and everything. Beginning of the season as well, you saw Jimmy Butler step in and be a solid number two for them, scoring points, scoring like 20, averaging eight. I see him coming back into the role and helping out Paul Gasol and Joe Kim Noah as well. Um, it's just the key factor is the point guard. I mean, you have Kirk Heinrich and you have Aaron Brooks behind them, and that's not really, like, that's not going to help you much. You okay, just, so let me ask you this thing, Guillermo. Is it time to move on? What do they do in the draft here? You tell me. I almost think you have to find a point guard. You can't keep, you know, depending on maybe Derrick Rose, you know, getting hurt yeah. every year. I mean, this is the third time this has happened, and well, you, can I, only, you can only go so much. Aaron Brooks, I don't know how, how many years is on his contract. Heinrich is getting old, and he's he's injury, injury yeah, prone where, as well. Um, where are those guys going to take you? Those guys are not Derrick Rose. Where is Aaron no, Brooks? No, I'm saying, no, yeah, I'm saying no they're, they're not going to take you player. anywhere. I think it, it is time to find a, another point guard. Here's a big name. I believe Rondo will be a free agent after this, isn't he? Isn't he on the market? Could put him for Rondo. He he could be. Yep, he could be a. That's not a bad replacement. Market. And with Thibodeau being a defensive kind of mind. But but here's the thing: D Rose is still under contract, so you you are still paying D Rose. Are you willing to shell out the money for Rondo as well? well I mean, you may almost is, may have to. But here's the thing: Rose he attached the basket a lot, and that's where his problems are probably coming with his knee. You know that up and everything athleticism. Could you yeah. potentially? Let me ask you, Brad. Could you potentially move D Rose to the two? And have Rondo play the one and have those two play next to each other. Could you do that? And maybe Butler maybe move to three or something like that. I mean, is there could you potentially do something like that? Because that could become, you know, one of those super teams where if you have Rondo, Rose, Noah, Casal, and maybe Butler to three, could you do something like that to where you can work out where Rondo and Rose could play with each other if, you know, you think about that direction? I think Thibodeau could pull something off like that, but the the thing that still resonates in my mind is the is the is the cap is is can you afford to keep all these players? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, R- Rondo has health concerns too. You know, he, he's coming off an ACL injury, and and I know he's been fine since it. But you know, do you want to if two of your stars are damaged goods? Do you just consider kind of cutting ties with it and saying, look? I love you, D Rose, but we're going to go in a different direction and we're going to start clean. We're going to draft ourselves our next Derrick Rose, you know, our next point guard uh, versus 
trying to tap into the free agency, do you just say, hey, look, we might be able to get some kind of stud. He'll sign a smaller contract. Rondo is going to cost us a lot of money if we want to go that direction. That's going to cost a lot of money to acquire him. So do you just say, hey, look, we, we, we like Jimmy Butler. We love what we're seeing for Jimmy Butler. Noah, Mr. Hustlebox is going to give us minutes every single, every single time when, when he's healthy. The addition of Gasol is nice. Do you just say, hey, you know, we're going to start clean. You know, we have some pieces in place. Let's see if we can get lucky in the draft. You know, I, I say you do that versus take, uh, you know, kind of a, a locker room problem Rondo uh, over just trying to draft someone and, and, and put them in a situation where they have good bigs and, and, and a rising star in Jimmy Butler. I, I say you go in that direction versus Rondo, my opinion. Well, there, there was also um, Trimble. <laughs> there was also uh, Nate Robinson <laughs> expressed. Years. <laughs> Nate Robinson expressed uh, interest in going back into Chicago. But the, that's just a short term thing. That's not but, maybe not even be short term. I mean, he was there last year, and what did they do? Nothing in the playoffs. They got destroyed by the Wizards. Nate Robinson is nothing anymore. I'm sorry, he he's not a game changer. Like, it, sure, if they want some quick replacement, yeah, we could throw Nate Robinson in there and we watch him do his little thing. You know, having fun. Like that. The, they need uh, someone who is gonna grow and take over like they they don't need someone old and 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 careers on the downslope i think they need to go hey hey look we need to go fresh again when heinrich is old brooks is you know he's an average average point guard in the league but he's getting up there a little bit he's had several years to prove himself and he's had a fine career but he is obviously not top five point guard in you know in the league uh you know probably not even top 10 so you know, I think they need to try and draft themselves something that is going to be uh, the, the the next thing for them versus trying to pick up a free agent versus trying to pick up Nate Robinson, trying to pick up Rondo. I say I say no. I say you just say, hey, look, we love you, but emotionally we're going to have to cut ties. And we're going to have to say, hey, look, you're still here. And w- when you're healthy, we, we know you're around and we want you to play, but we're kind of going to move on emotionally and we're going to go in a different direction. We're going to dra- draft ourselves a point guard. It's my opinion on that. You hate to say it, but they're almost coming to almost a re not not really a full rebuild, but almost a backcourt rebuild phase is where they're coming to right now. Yeah. You, uh, you hate uh, to say it for a team like that that has all that talent, but that's where they're almost coming to is that kind of that kind of place. Yeah. I mean that they're getting up there. That that whole roster. I mean, Gasol is 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 no young buck. <laughs> I mean, Noah isn't either. He's dealing with with injury problems. You look at that roster, and there's a lot of old parts to it besides Jimmy Butler. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to have a little bit of a step back, oh, yeah. in my opinion, in the next three, two, two-ish years. Their window was open, but as soon as uh, Rose got hurt, that window just it closed as quickly closed as it opened. Them. I mean, this was it. This this was their Rose year to... To, to finally get over the hump, you know, possibly make it to the finals. Uh, and, you know, uh, I know it's not D Rose's fault, but sadly he has suffered another injury and, you know, I, I hope possibly they forecast he can come back for the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I, I have no clue. I don't know exactly what goes into this and I don't know the, the whole rehab. And I, I don't think they know until they really cut open his knee and see exactly what's going on. And, you know, uh, until you really open yourself up and find out what's going on inside your body, you don't necessarily know. So hopefully it's not as bad as what everyone's kind of for foreseeing it, it's going to be. Uh, and he can come back healthy. But yeah, this was their shot. This was it. 
All right, we're going to jump ships here. Um, just another quick national news. Um, baseball fans will care about this. Josh Hamilton, you know, another relapse of alcohol and cocaine. You know, there's only so much this guy can do. I mean, I give him props for coming out and saying that he had the relapse instead of hiding it and make it even worse. Uh, he's looking probably at some suspension here probably again. But, God, I hope this guy can get back on track. I mean, when he was focused, when he wasn't on this stuff, he was one of the best hitters in baseball, one of the best outfielders, and he still is a good hitter. But he needs to get himself right. He needs to find a way to where, like what Brad put when we were talking earlier, not have a babysitter. He needs to do this on his own. And it seems like when he's with his team, you can see that he's focused. But when he gets hurt or go off and he's away from the team, he's on his own, and it happens. What's he been doing? Uh, he has alcohol and cocaine abuse problems when he first came into the league. And he actually was out of the league for a couple of years and then came back once his rehab was done. And he's had several relapses over the past couple of years. The thing is, though, when he's not relapsing and he's with the team and not injured, like Ian Kinsler, when he was with Texas, was helping him out. When he was with the Angels and Dan Heron was here, Heron was helping out. So he's had people to help him, but you can only babysit someone so much. They have to do it on their own. I mean, I give him props. For going to MLB and saying, hey, look, I had a relapse. This is happening to me. You know, I need help. So I know, Brad, you're a bit, I mean, Barry and Dean are both baseball guys. I mean, Brad, what, what do you think? I mean, what he has to do to get himself right? I really don't know, Shite, because he's had opportunities. And, you know, if if if, it, if this is going to keep being an occurrence, you know, when are you going to grow up? Kind of like you said, uh you know, he, he's kind of always relied on a babysitter, but this is your, your X year in the league, man. Like, you no, know, you're the veteran now. Look at Trout underneath you. You need to be the example now. So this is, this is sad. And it's sad for Hamilton because he's such a talent. You know, I hope this guy can get his head on straight because he is a special talent and, and he can be a huge impact for, for almost every ball club out there because his bat is huge and he's just a great baseball player. But yeah, you know, it seems like he always needs someone to kind of like, be on him and uh you know chapping his behind keeping him in check and he can't do it himself but eventually like you need to be that example for the 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 younger kids that are coming up behind you and uh, and the younger players that are involved in your organization you need to be setting a, a better example and you need to find it in yourself you know you need to do it yourself uh and that's when the real change can happen it sounds like it's it's definitely on him. I mean, it sounds like everybody's it's like been a mental to, thing. Everybody, yeah, everybody's it's been tough. trying to He's help him. Struggling with addiction, it's tough. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't sound like. I mean, not too many of these stories turn out, you know, like the way that you'd want them to. But hopefully, this guy can, man. The only guy where it actually turned out great, non-sports related, was Steve O from Jackass. Yeah, I mean, he turned out. I mean, I mean, if you ever watched the documentary on him, and he was on so so much sort of stuff, and they finally threw him in a program, and he's been. I believe sober for almost three to four years now. And also good friend of me and Brad's, one of our golf buddies, um, Bobby, I'm going to give him a shout out. He was, you know, I mean, he, I mean, he's told his story to people that he's had issues and he's completely reinvented himself. He's sober now for two years. Congrats to Bobby. I'm so happy for that kid. He moved to um, California. He's helping out with a rehab facility. He's like in charge of it. So, I mean, it, it can oh, be nice. done. Yeah, yeah, It can be done. Oh, sure. So, I mean, it's not impossible, but you have to want it. Yeah. I'm sure people like Steve-O, like Bobby, they wanted it. So he needs to want this. Uh, Dearmo, what are your thoughts on uh, Hamilton? You're in the big leagues for a number of years. You, you're a role model to every single kid that wants to play in the leagues. And then you're having problems like this. I think that should be 
enough for you to be like, hey, I'm going to stop. I'm going to realize it. I'm going to recover. I'm going to get better. And I'm going to be a positive role model to these kids. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm not going to say the, 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 the life is tough, but it is. But you can overcome it any time. You can be like, okay, I'm going to do this. You don't need somebody else to tell you it's on you. You got to think about it in your head mentally. Hey, I'm I'm gonna clear up. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be fine. Check yourself in. No matter how long you're away from the game, you can be like, I'm always gonna be back. If you have a positive mindset going in. All right. Um, we're gonna go ahead and you know get off the uh, national news here. We're gonna go ahead and talk some NFL combine and some draft. Uh, the combine was this past weekend, and you know the people who we wanted to watch, the Winston Mariota. Williams, I mean, they all performed above and beyond what we thought. I mean, um, Winston and Mariota finally decided they were going to throw in Winston 100% in all his throws. He looked accurate. His feet work were amazing. The only thing wrong with Winston is he's slow. Uh, I mean, he's problem. slow as a turtle. What do you mean, like running? Yeah, he ran like four, a 4.9 nine. Nine and a 50. And that, you know, for quarterback, eh. Oh, he's, okay. I mean, you. for the way the quarterbacks are coming out of the college now, they're all running almost like four sixes and four fives. It's ridiculous. Mariota ran pretty good. He threw it's not completely true. That's not completely. It's true. not completely true, but you know, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, I mean, ta- you're talking about the special talent. Like, there, yes, there have been some special talents coming out in the draft the past couple of years, but not every quarterback. Uh, not everyone. I exaggerate. Okay, I exaggerate a little bit. <laughs> but um, Winston's arm was amazing. I mean, they're you know they're talking about wear and tear, and his he had shoulder problems. Didn't seem like he had any. I mean, he was great on the deep throws. He was accurate. I mean, he's lined up to be the number one pick. I mean, the Buccaneers when they come on stage, it's going to say they select Jameis Winston. I don't think Mariota would go one. Um, the problem with Mariota is um, after Winston goes, and that's best place for Mariota, you know, Tennessee is leaning on it, but I really hope as a Titans fan, we take uh, Williams, the DN from USC. I think that'd be a great pickup. But I mean, once Winston goes, Mariota, probably the next best spot is going to be with the Jets. But there's talks now that the Eagles are trying to move their way up to get Mariota, which shows how much they want him. But I mean, how much are the Eagles willing to give up Mariota? I hope they don't. I mean, they have a good quarterback thing in Nick Folds. Uh, the thing with Mariota is with the Eagles is if he goes to the Eagles, somehow they get him and move up. He doesn't have to look at the playbook. I mean, he knows Jeff he Kelly's knows offense. I mean, that is the perfect offense for that kid to go into would be that. But, you know, keep on going on the combine. I mean, he looked really good when he threw. I mean, he, you know, he had a couple missed targets, but I mean, his accuracy was good. His feet work was tremendous. Um, another big guy, Williams from USC had a great workout. I mean, he looked good. He looked like a solid, the best player. I think overall in this draft will be Leonard Williams. I mean, you have Winston, all that, but I think Williams will be the best player overall. Uh, all the wide receivers look tremendous. White, Cooper. I mean, uh, this could be another great wide receiver class. I mean, college lately has been bringing out great wide receiver class. I mean, none of these guys are misses. I mean, look at last year. You had Odell Beckham. Evans, Watkins. I mean, this. I mean, the wide receivers are coming out in bunches now. Uh, Gregory, the outside linebacker from Nebraska, looked great. I mean, this this could be a, potentially be a really good draft class. I know we say that every year, but this could be a great wide receiver again and a great defensive class. A lot of defensive. Uh, the front seven looks amazing in this draft class. Uh, in terms of other quarterbacks, uh, Hundley, we got it right. <laughs> you <the> man, <laughs> Hundley from uh, UCLA looked pretty good. Uh, Brad, you to help me out here. The guy from Baylor. Oh, Bryce Petty. Petty looked pretty good. And that's one of Brad's. Uh, he'll talk about that when he, I'm sure he gets on another little sleeper pick there. 
Um, but I mean, this is a this should be a great draft class. I mean, a lot of defensive players, wide receivers, quarterbacks. I mean, every year you talk about the best draft class. You know, this could this could rank up there. Uh, Brad, get your thoughts on the combine and the NFL draft. Okay, uh, yeah, we'll we'll start with the combine, and I think it went almost exactly how a lot of people saw it. I, you know, I don't think anyone's stock really plummeted, and I don't think anyone's stock really like you know skyrocketed out of the roof. I, I think it went exactly kind of how people thought. You know, you look at the footwork of Jameis Winston, the accuracy, and it's there. But sure, you know, he's not he's not necessarily the most athletic, but you're not asking that of him. You know, what you're asking of him is deliver the football to your playmakers. And it looks like he's going to be able to do that just fine. You know, you talk about the shoulder injury. It looks like he's OK and, uh, and and looks like he'll be able to to step into, you know, to a role as a starting quarterback and and confidently win some football games. And then you look at Mariota, you know, he's ran that four or five. He's very athletic. We, we, we know that we know he's talented with his speed. You know, the only question is, can he sit down in a different offense and, and be able to dissect it? Uh, you know, the, the way that NFL quarterbacks need to be versus that spread offense that, that Oregon likes to run. So I, I think you look at a lot of pieces, white looked great. Uh, you know, uh, receiver out of West Virginia. I, I just think the, the combine went pretty, pretty routinely the way the way it, it was kind of laid out and supposed to go. But when it comes to the draft, you know, you, you mentioned Bryce Petty. I think that is one person really to watch for. Uh, you look at some of his stats from his college career, only 10 inter- interceptions on 61 touchdowns, uh, where Jameis Winston had 18 interceptions just last season. So this kid is extremely intelligent. You know, he knows when to deliver the football, when to hold on to the football, uh, you know, and, and I think, him being the, I guess they're projecting him as the third best quarterback taken in this draft. You know, he could fall into a very nice system. You know, possibly looking at a team like uh, I think you had mentioned the Saints, or possibly a team like Arizona that has some some very nice uh, pieces already in place uh, when it comes to wide receiver. And they're just looking for a quarterback that they might be able to develop in the next, you know, next year or uh, or, or two years. So, you know, there, there's lots of Lots of question marks in a lot of these players uh, this year, but I think the combine went pretty, pretty much the way it was it was laid out to go. But in the draft, you know, I, I think there's a lot of talent that can be found in second and third rounds this year. Uh, Guillermo, your thoughts on the combine and the upcoming draft? And then we'll uh, once we get the combine, we'll all go around our draft and see, you know, who could be our surprise selection today. So okay. go ahead, Guillermo. Yeah, uh, combine. I've been waiting every year I do this. I've watched combine. I'm excited. I can't wait to see the new kids come in to the, to the league. Um, Are you one of those guys who wake up on Friday to watch the offensive linemen as well? Like the tight ends. Me? One, I was actually, I was actually, I was actually at home and I was, I wasn't at my job at, at the time. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch it. I'll watch it. Well, I mean, it snowed on Saturday. So we had all day to watch the combine. It was great. Yeah. All right. Sorry, dear. But uh, yeah, everything you read, or mostly everything you read about these players, they they showed it at the combine. Uh, you had big names like Mariota and and Winston do their show and did great at it, and then you had a couple of sleepers, especially quarterbacks, show that hey, I can compete as well. I can I can do good. Real quick, another breaking news right now with the NFL: another running back has hit the market in the NFL. Falcons have released running back Steven Jackson. So that's another running back that'll be on the market. Go ahead. 
Okay. Are we off topic there? Yeah, it's Steven <laughs> well, Jackson. Wow. Breaking, Ooh, breaking news wow. on the show. That's a little breaking news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, they did. Sleepers did their jobs and everything. Can't wait to the draft and see a couple of sleepers actually be taken into first round. But uh, overall, good combined. Just can't wait for the draft. All right. Well, actually, you know, let's go ahead and talk about that draft. And um, Brad, I want to bring up the guy, you know, the quarterback, you know, maybe going to the Saints. Someone maybe like Hunley or the guy or the kid from Baylor where, you know, they've come out and openly said they're looking for the future for a quarterback for Drew Brees. And I feel like a kid like Hunley, you know, the other kid, you know, that could really be a great situation because what better person to learn from than from Drew Brees, who has been one of the best quarterbacks since he came into the league. And, you know, it could be almost like an Aaron Rodgers type situation where you learn under the veteran for two or three years. Once it's time for them to go, hopefully Drew Brees doesn't go to five other teams once he leaves the Saints. Like, nah, I don't think it'll be like Brett that. Favre. Yeah, yeah, Brett Favre. Who <laughs> wanted one more moment of glory. But I feel like a young quarterback learning or someone like that is a great situation for them. Now, someone like Winston and Mario, who obviously are going to be plugged in right from the start. Yeah. It's a sucky situation for them because you're going to a team that you know is horrible and they suck. So, I mean, you got to wonder as a you know top prospect quarterback, you're like, uh, you know, I get to start right away, but then I get to play with the worst team in the NFL. But I feel like uh, Winston's, I feel like there's a little better situation just because he has receivers like Vincent Jackson, he'll get the throw to, Mike Evans. You know, hopefully Doug Martin can maybe find a spark somewhere. You know, it feels like he has people around him. Mariota, not as much. They just released, you know, Chris Johnson, the Jets, who has not been a factor since he ran for 2,000 yards. Yeah. I'm still bitter over him, so excuse me. Uh, Chris Ivory, you know, he's he's a good running back, but not a top-tier running back. Yeah, I mean, you have Eric Decker, who had a down year once he lost Peyton Manning. We showed what kind of person Peyton Manning can do to receivers, almost like Tom Brady as well. Yeah. I mean, Brandon LaFell came out of nowhere to actually be, you know, a pretty good receiver. Uh, so, I mean, I feel like Mariota and Winston, if they go to the teams that are projected, I feel like Winston has the better situation than Mariota. I feel like Mariota will struggle his first year. There'll be a new coach and a new system with the Jets. I mean, they just, you know, they fired Rex Ryan, so they're going to have a whole new coaching staff. So not only he is he learning a new playbook, but the entire team is. And I feel like Winston just has better weapons. I mean, when you have someone like Mike Evans and you're a rookie quarterback and Vincent Jackson, that's not a bad deal to be thrown to. I mean, they could, they'll probably get open for him. They'll probably make some good catches for him. I mean, Mike Evans went up and made some ridiculous catches. So it's not really a bad situation to go into. I mean, Doug Martin, he's had a couple down years, but I feel like, you know, he still could be a good running back in this league. Um, they, I mean, they I mean, they um traded for that offensive lineman from the Patriots, and he got hurt early on. So that was a big – I can't remember his name. I'm sorry, people, for forgetting. But that was a big – Offense alignment, a top offense alignment that they lost uh, to begin the not, year. Not mangled. Uh, Is it Mankins? Yeah, Logan. Logan Mankins. Yes, Logan Mankins. I believe it's him. I mean, that's a big all. That's a big offensive line weapon that you lose. So that also hurts, you know, a quarterback in any kind of running game. So I feel like you know maybe you could see Doug Martin, maybe improve. But I mean, I feel like Winston will have the best scenario. And then also, if somehow the Eagles come up and select marcus maria god forbid you know they're talking about the Redskins are even talking about doing a trade like that and if they do something like that they're the stupidest people in the world but i feel like with this new gm they won't do anything that dumb he's not bruce allen or dan snyder <laughs> um i mean if mariota would somehow go to the eagles it'd be a it would be a match make in heaven uh in terms of titans with the number two pick they have a very interesting pick with the titans because normally you know you're going to see someone who may want to jump up take that pick like the eagles or the Jets could be scared that someone else will trade and they may want to jump up and you see the Titans go back or the Titans could take Mariota. Personally, I hope everyone's predicting that they'll take Williamson from USC. He's already said he's already talked with Tennessee. He's already got 
Casey's number, and you put someone like on the line with Casey, and you get Williamson next to him, that could be that improves your run defense tremendously because it was horrible last year. So we could see that. So, um, Brad, what are your thoughts on maybe like the first five picks? And also, with your team, the Redskins at five, what do you see them doing? Hope that they do at five. Uh, it's, it, it's very hard to say because we can go in a lot of options. Kind of like the Jets, you can go in a lot of options. Uh, you know, I personally don't see the Jets taking another quarterback. I, I just think... I just, I just think they won't do it. Yeah. I, so you think I, they'll I stick with uh, Gino? I think they'll stick with Gino. Um, and, and I don't know what's going to happen with Mariota, just because you know th- there is a lot of other solid talent. You know, lo- like you talk about uh, uh, Williamson and and uh, a couple other guys. That there's some solid talent still to be had in this draft. So, uh, you know, it's it, it's so hard to say. I, I, I want us to get some defensive line help. Now, we just acquired uh, the guy from the Colts, so that's that's a great improvement already. But if, if somehow Williamson could fall, like, I would like that. I hope he doesn't. I, I, I know you do. <laughs> I hope I, he doesn't. That's what, that's what I, uh, I, I'm looking for, personally. Now, here's the thing for you. You say that you hope the Jets stay with the quarterback. What if the I don't Jets? Hope. I think they will. Do you think they I will? What if they aren't completely sold on Mariota and they say they maybe want like a veteran quarterback? What would you think if you know they don't want Mariota? They don't want another rookie. They want someone who's proven. If the Eagles would say, "Hey Jets, we'll give you Nick Foles for your sixth pick and maybe you know maybe another first rounder." What, what, I mean, could you see something like that happening where maybe they don't want a rookie? They just want a veteran quarterback? No, Nick Foles is not worth a first rounder. I, 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 it's no offense, Nick Foles. Uh, no, the Jets, the, the Jets crazy would not. talk. Sorry, just crazy talk. Yeah, yeah. no, they would they, they would not get rid of a first round pick for Nick Foles. Uh, sorry, sorry, buddy. No offense, Nick. <laughs> but uh, no, they if they did that, that would be absolutely ridiculous. And they they know something about Nick Foles that no other team knows. So that that isn't going to happen. As radio hosts or podcast hosts, we have to start thinking outside the box. All right, I like it. I like where you're going here. But <laughs> if they if if they were to do something like that. Uh, you know, then, then the Eagles would be able to capitalize on a situation that uh, is kind of, uh, dare I say it, dream team-ish, Vince Young. Yeah. Now, um, for the Redskins pick, you know, with your two's person, you want a defensive end. Guillermo, what are you looking for in the draft? Like, what position? Because I want to ask you all a question between two players that will, should be available at number five once Guillermo gives his thoughts real quick. I'm looking at the safety position. <laughs> I'm... I have my eyes locked on 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 Hanley Collins that uh, from Alabama. I was Alabama. just married to ask if you want a defensive end, <laughs> both of you, or would you take Landon Collins? I would, I'm I'm taking him. I would I would like him. I think he would give us a good presence there. And he's also he's idolized Sean, uh, Sean Taylor as well. So having a mindset like that going in, and then the other person that's thinking about, I mean, uh, always watches game film of Sean Taylor is Cam Chancellor, who's another elite safety in the league. And Alabama's always produced great defensive players as well. Mosley, you got like almost everybody in Baltimore that's played there and gone on to other teams and everything. But Alabama always produces safeties and linebackers. Maybe that, maybe that could be the right way. But I also like Williams as well. I think Williams would do good for us too. Y'all keep dreaming about Williamson. He ain't coming to you guys. I've, if we pass on Williamson, I will be a very upset Titans fan because I really would love... 
I mean, our rushing defense was horrible, and I feel like you just get someone like that to pair alongside Casey, and you immediately upgrade from one of the worst rushing defenses to maybe a mediocre, depending on what free agency goes, which is coming up, and that's, I think, two weeks. I think the 15th yeah. or the 12th round there is when the new 2015 season officially begins, where free agency, and I'll tell you uh, what, what. May 10th? Right? No, May. No. I mean, oh, March? March, March. Yeah, March 10th. Sorry. I'm like, don't make me wait that long. <laughs> But, I mean, this is a very loaded class. Also, another thing we I really want to get into are the running bats of this class. I mean, you have Melvin Gordon. You have Todd Gurley, who's coming off, you know, a bad injury. And maybe, and also, I think a little, not a little, like a running back under the radar is Duke Johnson from Miami. Yeah, the U. Yeah, we know you're a Miami fan. Hurricanes you, all day. How are you a Redskins fan and, like, everyone else away from here? I don't understand that. What? Whatever. Don't hate on me. <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, you like the tight? Are, you, is this, are we still in football? Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, you I like, like the Titans. Yeah, but I, I, go I, back I, to Tennessee. Have you ever been to Miami to watch a game? Huh? You've ever been to Miami? No, but I've been to Miami. Have you been to a game? Huh? They been, they didn't have a game at that time. See, I've actually been to Tennessee to go to a game. There so might I'm have a been a game playing while he was in Miami. Yeah, he, he didn't. Maybe right. he wasn't. I watched it on TV, so I was kind of there. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> same, same thing. Back on the topic. <laughs> I feel like Duke Johnson, I mean, he's ranked number five for Mel Kuyper, but I feel like he could be a very under-the-radar type running back who could actually come to the NFL and produce. I mean, Melvin Gordon was probably the best of the class, and Todd Gurley, before his injury, would pro- was probably the best, I believe, in this running back class. But, I mean... What about, um, what was it, Abdullah? Yeah, Amir Abdullah Amir from Nebraska. Abdullah? Yeah. He's also a top one. Like I said, this is one of the great, this is a great yeah. draft class. But they're actually saying this could be one of the first years. Well, not one of the first years. I mean, the last couple of years, I mean, we haven't had really running backs going the first round. Mm-mm. So it could happen again. But it all depends if there's a late team that could use one. Like the Colts, if they don't pick one up free agency, will they take a chance on Gordon or Gurley? I mean, you're going to look for some teams that need running bats that could, you know, opt for one. Uh, Brad, what are your thoughts on the running bats in this draft class? Mm, they are very good. Uh, I, I just... It's that position is, is, is so up for grabs. Now I feel like in the NFL, you can find running back talent in so many places. And I mean, look at a lot of teams that have, look at Justin Forsett. I mean, the Ravens let Ravens lost Ray Rice and we'll pick up Justin Forsett. Uh, Forsett's now a free agent now, so they could lose him now. Stud that they could lose him. So it's, I mean, the desperateness of a running back, I, I feel like, doesn't need to be there as much. You know, taking a running back in the first round is is just a, a little bit of a of a risk, in in my opinion, right now. Now, now, granted, you don't want to miss out on some talent like Melvin Gordon, but just like you said, you know, look at the fifth best running back according to this uh, this draft in Johnson. Uh, you know, he can go and be an impact player. So it's, it, I think it's very risky putting so much emphasis on the running back position right now in the NFL simply because it's hard to stay healthy and because a lot of people can do it. You know, we've seen a lot of people step into roles and do well, Asiata, uh, but also for set, you know, a, a lot of guys can, can handle the role of, of being the running back and your, your lifespan is very short, you know? So if you take a, a first rounder on a running back, who's going to give you four years, that's that. Uh, that's that's risky. I mean, in my opinion, it's just very risky. So, you know, I don't. 
you know, you, you need a running back. You know, the, the the position is very valuable. Don't get me wrong, because they they pick up blitzes. You know, they they, they catch screens and and run the ball, but it's just you know how how bad do you need that talent? Can you wait in some of the later rounds because the longevity of being a running back, uh, you know, it, it's risky taking them high in the draft. So I don't know. It's been two years since a running back's been taken in the first round. So and um, I'm looking at um. Todd continues. Yeah, I'm looking at actually according to Todd Mache, it's not going to continue. Um, he's a draft expert for ESPN, very highly, you know, recognized. And he's actually picking Gordon to go to the Cowboys at 27 in the first round. But that hmm. all depends on DeMarco Murray. And I mean, like what Brad said, we're bringing in like, you know, you have Asiata. I mean, you also have like Chris Ivory with the Jets who stepped up because Chris Johnson sucks now. He had one good year at Tennessee. Yeah, I'm, I will always yeah. be bitter about him. 2,000 yards, and he promised us another 2,000 yards. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel, Shy. CJ 0K. <laughs> go ahead. One of your rants now? <laughs> Let's go. It's not, not, a rant, not a rant on CJ. I mean, that year he gave us a you know he gave us a really great year, and not many running backs can save. They eclipsed the 2,000 yard march. So, I mean, I ain't going to hate on him. Just next time you say you do it for 2,000, don't say, oh, I'll do it again and not do it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, he has Melvin Gordon during the Cowboys, but that all depends on DeMarco Murray. I mean, very well after NFL free agency, that could change if they keep DeMarco. Well, you got to think about DeMarco's age as well. He's 29. 27. Or 27. So he's got three years, maybe. So maybe they could pick up, was it Gordon? Yeah, and actually, Mache has two running backs going in the first round. The next one is a pick after the Cowboys. Can anyone take a guess on a team that you probably wouldn't think would be taking Todd Gurley, but they are? Any guesses? Well, if it's after Dallas. It's a playoff team. It's a playoff team. Green Bay? No. Yeah, right. (laughs) Seattle, because Marshawn Lynch is going to leave. Winner, winner. They got Seattle taking Todd Gurley, which I thought, you know, maybe the Colts would be in the line maybe for um, running back. Actually, speaking of the Colts, their rumors were it's the Colts, the Cardinals, and the Cowboys are all looking at Adrian Peterson right now as a potential to bring him in. So all the... Teams that start with C's are looking at Adrian Peterson. Where put Peterson on a Colt team? That's a very <laughs> dangerous Colt team with yeah, Andrew luck. luck. God, can you imagine play action with Peterson and Luck? And good lord, that team becomes a, a instant yeah, Super Bowl. Houghton still there. Oof. That's good the Pro Bowl. That, that's almost a Pro Bowl team right there. Between <laughs> <laughs> Luck and Adrian. Oh God! Now I just thought the Colts. That I would hate that. <laughs> Have to face him twice a year. Oh yeah, Tennessee. They go yeah, let's let's them. want that. Let him go to the Cowboys. You all can handle him twice a year. <laughs> let's make it happen, Cam. I, I I would not watch football. They're they're Cowboys. making a joke today that um they're talking about you know the Redskins are a dark horse for Peterson. Someone's like, why would he come to the Redskins? It's where the field where he tore up his knee. Why would he want to <laughs> oh, play eight true. games that, a year yeah, here? Right. Well, a lot of players have torn their knees on that field. That field is terrible. It's a horrible field. I mean, Snyder. You another to, another example why he's a horrible owner. Well, here's a fun fact for you. You know where that field was originally supposed to be? Right in Rockville, Maryland, where King Farm is at. That's where the original field was supposed to be. Right in where King Farm is, that was supposed to be FedEx Field. But apparently, Dan Snyder didn't want to pay for an overpass from the Metro and another exit ramp from 270. Uh, but I think that would have been a perfect spot at King perfect, Farm. Yeah. You had the Metro oh literally right gosh. there. Don't that ask me to go out on Sundays, though, but still. My <laughs> goodness, that would have been a traffic, like, holy moly, no. That would have been the worst. The, that the traffic sucks now. 
I would have you know done. I would have uh, offered my driveway up for fifty dollars for parking. You could do a little twenty minute walk from my place. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. true. That, that, that sounds like a good idea. But oh my gosh, yeah, if they built that stadium there, the traffic right there, uh, three seventy and two seventy. Oh man, see. Ya. Well, I learned the hard way where um, my fiance, her parents, they have a place in Dover, and we'll go. And we made the mistake one time of going when they're having the NASCAR race at Dover International <laughs> Speedway. Mm. Yeah, try leaving at five o'clock after that race is done, getting across the Bay Bridge. Yeah. No, Speaking of which, congrats, Joey Logano. A Daytona 500 winner. Yeah. 500. Speedy recovery also for uh, Kyle Busch. That was a nasty accident. That was pretty. Yeah, that was pretty nasty. I didn't see that. Slammed straight in the wall. This is one of the walls and having any safety barriers. And he broke his leg. Or no, his foot. Ugh. I know he had foot surgery. It yeah, must have been his, his foot. foot. I did catch like the very beginning of it when they were talking about how they would uh, they were upgrading all the safety barriers and they had like. Tons of tires. They were showing how they put tires all over, like uh, where they could, just extra, extra like protection. But it's funny how I mean. Yeah. Um. Also, I want to make note. I mean, we talked about college basketball earlier today. There's still time to sign up for the Shipe Sports Talk NCA Tournament Bracket Challenge. I mean, I've been posting on my Facebook, the Twitter. Sign up. Winner gets to come in studio and will sit right here with us to talk whatever you want to talk about in the current show. So please sign up. When's the deadline for it? Uh, whenever uh, selection Sunday is selection Sunday is uh is coming up in seventeen days. So you have so. after selection Sunday, you have three days until Thursday at twelve o'clock to do your bragging. If you don't have any by twelve o'clock, you're locked out. Okay. Um, and also the week of March Madness, I want to go ahead and announce that we're gonna have a special show on Tuesday. We're gonna do the show on Tuesday, so we can do a NCA March Madness preview show. So just like our baseball show, this show will be nothing but March Madness. We'll do our picks. Uh, you won't have to wait. Actually, you know what? We're not going to do our picks. I don't want anyone to know what we're doing for the tournament challenge. We'll just discuss <laughs> it. We'll just discuss. <laughs> we'll just discuss it. Um, you know, we're winding down in time here, and I want to tell something like a little serious here for a moment. Um, do you need some background music? No, no uh, background music. Da, 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 da. Um, I'm really. I want to touch on some racism in sports here, and not just in America. Um, there's a lot of people here who feel that America, you know, we're the only place where racism is still active and, you know, we see it every day, we hear about it, but a lot of people need to realize that it's not just here, it's more in the world. Um, there's a big in soccer. Last week, I'm a Chelsea supporter. I love Chelsea Football Club and the EPL, but last week I was very disgusted by the fans of Chelsea. Uh, they were playing what, what, PS, they were playing PSG, right? Yeah. PSG, which is a team out of Paris, and on the way back from the game, you know, it was a, they drew 1-1. There was this African-American fan who was trying to get on a train loaded with Chelsea fans, and these fans refused to let him on. As a Chelsea supporter, I was very disgusted by that because that's horrible, you know. And then today, Roma was playing. Where were they at? That I do not know. They were playing. They were playing. I can't think of a team. I'm sorry. I it's just. But there's a player on Roma named Javinho who will become an MLS later this year to play for Toronto. And before he took, I think it was believe it was a throw in or he was on the pitch. They threw a portable or not, excuse me, an inflatable banana at him. Oh, and man. soccer in Europe has had this problem with racism for a long time. And you can look up all the incidents that have happened. I mean, we had, I think Pepe had a banana actually thrown at him for Real Madrid before he took a corner. Yeah. And, you know, well, there's the biggest guy that gets a lot of criticism and, and Balotelli. racism is Bolotelli. Bolotelli is an international star for Italy. He plays for Liverpool right now. Yeah. 
And I mean, this guy has literally taken so much criticism that he has walked off the pitch of a game. He has literally said, I'm not playing anymore. And he's walked off the pitch in the middle of a game. And during this specific game, the rest, all the other teams follow and they suspended the match. Like the one in Roma, mm-hmm. they suspended the match today because of this. And it's, it's horrible because in America, all we're focused on what goes on here. And we're thinking, oh, this is just an American issue when it's not. This is a very big global issue. And it's horrible that this happens in sports. I mean, sports is about, you know, coming together, your team against my team. You know, you can trash talk, whatever. I mean, I'll trash talk the Redskins, you know, Red Sox, Yankees, Braves. But you, there's no room for that in sports. I mean, keep it out of sports. Keep it out of your everyday life. I mean, it's just horrible. And we're just so centered here in America that we don't realize that this is a big this is more of a problem than just here in the U.S. This is a major issue throughout the world. I mean, I remember when Tiger Woods first started, I believe he dealt with some of this as a pro golfer because before he came, golf was a dominant white sport. Yeah. And he had to deal with this and he overcame it. And look at him now. He's the most idolized golfer in the world and in a dominant white sport to say now. And because of him, we've seen a lot more other people come over and play because of him. We have, you know, South Americans now, you know, Europeans, which was already big in the sport, but you've seen more of a broader brand of people who want to play golf because of him. I mean, these people, I mean, they're, you know, we give them, I mean, race and bid, but a lot of these people are the reason these sports are huge. Basketball, I mean, baseball has become global. Football has now become a global phenomenon. I mean, every sport now has blown up and there's no room for this in sports. So I don't condone this at all. No one does in this room. It's horrible, and there's just no place for this in sports. I feel really bad for that fan at Chelsea. I feel bad for Javino, Balotelli, and but you know what? I give these guys props because they keep going, they keep playing their sport, keep being fans. Don't let this affect you. I mean, Balotelli. I mean, it's just that one yeah. match. He just couldn't deal with it anymore. It was horrible. I mean, he was he was crying on the pitch, and he is one of the most outspoken players. I mean, he'll say whatever he wants, but to see him break down in tears because of that is a horrible, horrible sight to see someone like him break down. And Javinho basically stuck it to the fans today, and he scored a goal towards the end of the match. He scored the game-winning goal. So good for him. Yeah. That game was actually in uh, Rotterdam. Just a, it's yeah. a Dutch league. I mean, it's a Dutch team. I mean, and then they try to come out and say, oh, well, you know, we have inflatable bananas during the, your matches. You know, bullshit. Yeah. Bull- but you guys decided to throw it out now. One just happens to come near him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you guys throw it at people all the time during your matches. You know, it's ridiculous. This stuff is not should not be condoned in any part of our life. And sports are nothing. I don't, you know, no one supports it. It's horrible. You know, let the players play. You know, don't say anything to them. You know, you want to say something like, you know, I hope you missed this or, you know, little spirit fingers or, you know, put up the newspaper when they do a free throw. That's fine. But don't start talking about people's families, race. There's no room for that. You're not making yourself look better. You make yourself look like a jackass. So I just want to talk about that just because, you know, I want to talk about it last week, but it just, you know, we didn't ever got time. And then just to see it again this today, it's just a horrible sight to see in sports. You know, it's horrible that people want to try to ruin the games like that. Yep. It's bad. Yeah. Terrible stuff. I'm not going to, you know, that's, you know, it's a serious note. I mean, it's just, it's horrible. It just, they just need to keep, keep race out of it. You know? Well, some people are stupid and they, they don't, they just want to get to that issue and be like, yeah, yeah, you're a different color than I am. Let's, let's talk about it. What I like what Chelsea does, though, is, is they got camera footage from that Metro, found out who these fans were, banned them for three games, but that's just, that ban has turned to life. These fans who did that cannot ever come to another Chelsea match for life. And I tell you what, soccer takes this very seriously. Yeah, if you're calling, If they catch you doing this stadium and catch you on camera, 
don't bother trying to come back to another soccer game. They won't bring you back. And I wish more sports like that over here would start doing stuff like that. To I mean, the worst sport for this to happen, I believe, is the NBA because you have fans that are so close. I mean, literally, they're like this close. Yeah. And they're talking about people's moms, people's sisters, brothers, daughters. There's no room for that. And, no. you know, I mean, they eventually do kick them out, but they're going to come back and get to do it. It'd be like, take what soccer's doing in Europe and kick these people out for life. Don't let them back in. They don't deserve to be fans of this at all. That's true. I um, Brad, I mean, what do you what do you think about fans interacting like this with players and just saying all these disrespectful things? Uh, it's disgusting, uh, you know, to to say the least. Acts like that are just just that they, they, they don't need to be in this world in whatever aspect, whether it's business, whether it's sports, whether it's anything. You know, it's just it, it's it's not appropriate. Uh, you know, conduct yourself in a manner that is appropriate, uh, and that. That's really all you can say about it, and and yeah, you know, fans interacting like that. You know, look, look back at games: Detroit versus Indiana, malice in the palace. You know, you look at the fight that broke out, Ron Artest running up into the stands. Uh, you, you know, it just conduct yourself as fans appropriately. You know, you're, you're here to watch these guys entertain you, uh, so conduct yourself in a manner. If you're displeased with that, the door is open. Feel free to leave. Um, you know, but while you're here, these are, you know, these are the performers. These are the guys who are doing their job right now. Be respectful in every sort of way that you can. I mean, that, that, that's all you need to say about it. Yeah. I mean, that Mal, that, you know, the brawl in the palace for Detroit and Ron Artest. I mean, anyone would have acted. I mean, you got a bottle of water thrown at you. I mean, he has to be a professional, but I mean, it's just, I mean, what would you do if someone threw, I mean, he should have, you know, been the bigger man, but not stepped off. But I mean. God, you had a bottle of I mean, you had water or beer, whatever it was thrown at him. And he went, to, he reacted like how we would in normal day life. He went up and the guy was like pointing his face going, yeah, I did. And Tess just did what normal people do in real life and just socked the crap out of him. He and, deserved it. And then these fans started coming on the court during that game. They were throwing, I think, I think a chair went yeah, over well, at Jermaine O'Neal when he was walking in the, in the tunnel. I mean, that was the most ugly scene, but some of these hot, I'm um, some of these, excuse me, some of these soccer riots have gone out of hand. I mean, oh, that's just. That's just sure. crazy. I, I mean, think 13 people, I think, believe died two weeks ago in Egypt from it. It's all, I mean, that's, yeah, that's just, that's all over the place in well, soccer, though. The thing is, the thing is, in, in soccer as well, they're, they're trying to stop the racism. In fact, every World Cup game, they have a, a uh, well, during the quarterfinals and semifinals of it, they have a message that they say to the fans, Please stop racism. Just because you see somebody else that's different from you doesn't mean they're gonna bother you. They're not. They're gonna be mean to you and everything. They're just like you, trying to live in this world and blah 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 and all this stuff. They're they're trying to they're attempting to to end it the racism because if you think about it, nobody like not one team is gonna be just completely all black or or all Spanish or whatever. There's multiple races where they come in work as a team, basically like a family as well. If they respect them, why can't you guys respect them as well? Yeah. I mean, nothing. you guys talk, say stuff about them, mean stuff and everything, and then you have the audacity to throw, like in Italy, during the Bolotelli era in uh, AC Milan and Inter Milan, he was going through so much criticism, and they actually threw uh, one of those uh, flares near him. Same thing with uh, Dida, who was a Brazilian uh, goalie. He was at his time there. They threw it at him just because he was a different color and almost jeopardized his career because he almost got hit by the flare. The fans need to just realize and be, they're here 
to support. Uh, they're here. They're here to entertain for you guys. It was like they don't have anything against you guys. They love you guys. If anything, they've never met you at all either. Just like you never met them, I think you guys should respect them as well. Well, people like us and probably most of our viewers, uh, they probably never had to go through this when they were kids or anything. But I tell you what, if you want to watch a great movie, I mean, it's based on it's a movie it was based on true offense, and you want to hear how sports the sport team fought through this diversity and became a powerhouse. Well, not a powerhouse, but an undefeated team. Go watch Remember the Titans. That's probably one of the best sports movies that's ever come out that sh- showed diversity and what a team could do to come overcome. I mean, it's a movie, but it's based on actual events. Everything was up to par with it. You want to see something about it? Go watch that movie. You know, go watch The Express with Jim Brown, how th- he overcame. I think the, that movie and Express and also Glory Road, which they were an underdog team as well. Yes. Playing Kentucky, a number one team, powerhouse completely by a white team, playing uh, seven black uh, kids, seven black guys playing on on a team, showing them that hey, we can play too. Yeah, I mean, not not a not a serious note. We want to end the show, you know, but it's just something that needs to be addressed. I mean, you don't really hear about it that much on TV shows or radios. It's something that needs to be addressed more, and needs to be shown that this is a worldwide problem. It's not just here. Oh, I had I had a situation. I had a I had a situation last week with uh, somebody in my neighborhood. One of my neighbors called me out and told me to go back to my country. What? And I didn't I didn't even I didn't even start the fight or do anything about it. It was just another guy, another Spanish guy got in his way and looked at me and started giving me crap to go back to my country and I was like I didn't even say anything. Oh my god. So there's racism near you, there's right next uh close to you, away from you. It's all over it's, the world. Yeah, it's the all world over the world, world and it needs to be stopped because I've never said anything bad about anybody or any race at all, and I would never want to. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's the only thing we can do, man. It's just, you know, you bring it up on a show like this, just get the word out. You just out. hope that people can hear it because, you yeah. know, the, you, the most major, you know, like ESPN, you really don't hear about much. They'll just put like a little thing on their thing, but they don't really tackle it. And I feel like this is something in sport that needs to be tackled a little bit more than what it is. Yeah, it's a sensitive subject, but you know, it's it's the it's just getting the word out and just saying that you know everybody should support it and that we support you know just uh, doing away with it. So, all right, guys, that's probably going to be wrapping up here um, for next week's show. We're going to go over more of the NFL draft. Maybe we'll try to put out our own little mock draft. Top, you know, maybe the, try to do all of it. Top ten. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, go. <laughs> Try to do all our mock drafts, you know, talk some more NFL free agency, maybe uh, with baseball, more spring training, talk about, you know, maybe what teams look good, what teams don't. Uh, always local and local news, national news. So thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, sign up for the Shipe Sports Talk show. Shipe Sports Talk. Yeah, I finally got it. Shipe Sports Talk. <laughs> Shipe Sports Talk. <laughs> NCAA Attorney Challenge. Uh, me, Brad, and Guillermo, we're ready to go against you guys. See if you all can beat us and join us on the show. Uh, there's a limited amount of people. We have no... How many people can join it? Unlimited. We want to get as much as we so can. if you want to join and your friends want to join, go ahead and send them out. And tell them what the prize is. Just know that we don't supply airfare and hotel. Um, for myself... Wait a minute. What? We should probably let them know where they can hear us. You know what? I'll let Paul do his little thing. <laughs> Go ahead, Uncle Paulie. <laughs> right. So, like, uh, yeah. So the podcast, you'd be able to, if you missed the show or you're on, we're watching YouTube right now and you're not catching it live, you can actually catch the podcast of all the episodes, this one and past past ones, on um, Stitcher or iTunes. Uh, 
So if you catch us on Stitcher iTunes, feel free to give us a five-star rating. Give us a comment. That would be awesome. We'd appreciate it very much. It actually helps out tremendously in, uh, in promoting the show. And also just want to also uh, tell you about the website, shapesportstalk.com. You'll be able to find all the episodes there. You can download and you can subscribe to it uh, through the SSS feed there too. Uh, but you can also shoot us some uh, comments or questions through the website. Just click on the little contact, contact us tab and uh, fill out the form. If you include your name or whatever, we'll be able to, address it on the air directly give you a shout out or something but uh twitter at stripe sports talk uh facebook stripe sports Sports talk that's where you can find us that's pretty much it uh real quick happy birthday to zakeem barry man we miss you bro rest easy and then um as for for brad uncle paulie the wolverine and myself and i forgot brad top five golfer in the world mr brad cameron <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hope you all have a great weekend and stay safe out there with the snow. Bye. And say no to racism. Okay.